Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the Ready Yeti membership. We've grown to have thousands of products from some amazing up-and-coming brands. Anything from skis and snowboards, jackets, hiking boots, even supplements and snack bars. It's an incredible way to save a ton on gear with discounts of up to 50% off. Join the Ready Yeti membership and do your part to help support some of these incredible small businesses that aren't just making incredible gear, but are also putting a lot of effort into social action and doing their part to create an environmentally conscious business. Join today at www.readyyeti.com members and start supporting these amazing startups and saving a ton on gear. What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the founders of Caliper Foods, Jeremy Goldstein. Jeremy, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, Josh. Good to talk to you. Okay, so for the listener that may not be familiar with Caliper Foods, how would you best describe your, your brand to them? Sure. So Caliper Foods is a food company that uses cannabinoids as functional ingredients. Uh, we've got two arms to our company. The one that we're going to talk about mostly today uh, is our consumer branded goods arm. And that's focused on making Caliper CBD. Uh, and Caliper CBD is a water soluble, dissolvable powder uh, that can be added to anything. Um, so it allows you to get your CBD, whether it's in your, your coffee on your way to work, uh, whether it's your um, you know, nightcap, uh, whether it's your protein shake in the middle of the day. Um, so a ton of flexibility and it does all this while being odorless and tasteless. Um, we also have another side of our company where we, we use our water soluble technology and we sell water soluble CBD ingredients to other food and beverage manufacturers. Oh, that's interesting. So you're, you've got the B2B and the B2C side of the business basically. That's correct. And they, they work really well together because it allows us to, you know, leverage the technology that we develop for maybe a specific customer and also use it on our consumer branded goods side. That's really interesting. So you started this endeavor, this endeavor in 2014. How, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into CBD. Yeah, you bet. So we started the company in 2014. We actually launched it, uh, my co-founder and I, Justin Singer, back when we were in New York City. Um, And what happened is Justin's grandmother asked um, if Justin could get her some type of cannabis product to help her with her specific ailments. Uh, And the only thing that he could find for her at that time was a pot brownie. And that pot brownie was 100 milligrams of THC. <laughs> right. He, he cut it into 20 pieces for, her, you know, got that to her. And obviously she never consumed it. Everything was kind of wrong with that equation. She was scared. She was diabetic. She didn't want sugar. And, and that sort of sparked something in us um, where we said, hey, you know, there's a real need for low dose cannabinoids uh, to help people. Um, and right now the, there's sort of a race to potency in the market. Um, the form factors are all wrong. What if we could figure out a way to look at cannabinoids as functional food ingredients um, and put them in products that, you know, people consume every day uh, as part of a healthy lifestyle? Um, And so that prompted us to come out to Colorado and and start our first company, uh, which is a THC company called Stillwater Brands, and make a product called Stillwater Tea. And the idea was to take ultra low doses of THC. uh, We were one of the first in the market to do this, two and a half milligrams, and put it into something that um, is one of the most popular beverages consumed in the world, which is tea. Uh, To do this, we realized we needed to solve a food science problem. Um, So 
THC extracts, CBD extracts, these are fat soluble, uh, which is the reason why all of the sort of early edibles in the market um, are sweets and candies and sugars because they needed to mask the taste and they needed to be something that would work well with fat. Well, if you're trying to do a, a healthy beverage like tea, we needed to render cannabinoids water soluble. Uh, so that was the first challenge that we, um, that we faced. Uh, we did that. Uh, we launched the water tea. What we realized and what it sort of led to Caliper is that the uh, water-soluble powder that we developed initially to launch the water tea was kind of an amazing product on its own. So we released that to the Colorado THC edibles market under the brand name Ripple. That has gone on to be one of the most popular um, edible products in the state. Um, but we wanted to to reach a wider audience, um, and we decided that we could do that through CBD only. So we had worked with CBD Plenty on the THC side of the business. A lot of our products there have um, ratios. You know, they'll have a high content of CBD, but they'll they'll still have some THC. We wanted to get away from that through a new company, um, and that is how Caliper Foods is launched, and uh, that is how we ended up with Caliper CBD, the the product that you're familiar with. That's fascinating. Now, did you have any experience with food science or any sort of, um, I guess, career in no. CBD? Like, how, where where did you start that's, out? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a great question. Um, both my co-founder and I come from backgrounds that sort of span finance and tech, um, so really different. Um, no food manufacturing, and and definitely nothing in the in the cannabis world. Um, the way we looked at this opportunity. Um, for ourselves personally was it was a chance to create a physical good, um, which I think meant a lot to both of us. Um, you know, coming from tech and finance, lots of interesting things, but not necessarily things that uh, people use, touch, and certainly not consume. Um, but obviously we had to find people and build a team around us uh, of manufacturing expertise, of food science expertise. So if you look at our team now, um, you're looking at people with years and years of food science. Our head of R&D came from Mars Food. Um, where he'd worked for 20 plus years. We've got food science from Ingredion. We've got people from some of the bigger testing labs, food testing labs in the country. Um, but we didn't start there. Uh, that's something that we gradually built up. And if you look how we did that first formulation, we basically found some really smart, young PhD food chemists who wanted to take a stab at something that nobody had really done before. Once we had that first iteration, we brought on our head of R&D, who I referenced earlier, and then we've just kind of built from there. That's really interesting. Now, did you raise capital to get things off the ground or did you bootstrap it? So we, we raised a very little bit of capital at the beginning, mostly more as a, a sort of search fund, right? So we could come out to Colorado, we could explore the market, understand where we thought there was an opportunity. Um, and we chose Colorado specifically because it was the most regulated market in the country. Um, that was important to us. Our, our our ethos has always been to do things the right way, and that started with operating in an environment with the most transparency and the clearest rules. Um, but so, yeah, we raised that initial round, and then as we've grown, we've raised subsequent rounds for that. And then as we've opened the CBD side of the business, which obviously is a, is a national play, um, we've, we've raised another round recently. That's interesting. Okay, so there, there are clearly two sides of the business, um, but I want to talk about the more um, B2C side. Mm -hmm. um, how did you, once you started to develop the product and, um, you know, feel comfortable and confident in, in what you are offering, how did you get the word out there? How did you build, um, sort of the exposure? Sure. So, I mean, this is a relatively brand, brand new product on the CBD side. So Caliper CBD has only been out for a couple months. 
Uh, we've got an incredible team of people that are working on our initial stage of launch, which is direct to consumer. Uh, so if you go to caliper.life right now, that's where you can buy it. Obviously, we're doing, you know, working on all the channels that we're allowed to in this market. So we're we're doing advertising, we're doing affiliate, um, we're doing partnerships with great brands like yours. Um, but these are early days. Now we do have a little bit of an advantage because of the legacy product Ripple, um, which uses the same technology, is so popular here in Colorado uh, that the minute you sort of sow Caliper to somebody, they say, "Oh, I I know what that is uh, because I've tried Ripple before." And then you explain, "Well, this is a sister company, CBD only, but you're getting all the same benefits." Uh, you know, that you know and love. Um, but like anything, it's a challenge uh, when you launch a new brand. Um, we've got a national market that we have to reach. Um, D2C is one thing. Luckily, we're starting our expansion now to, to more brick and mortar retail channels uh, and signing up partners to do things like that. Um, but it's early days. I guess I have a question. Do you run into any like red tape with, um, I guess, the legality of selling CBD in different states? Oh, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, sure, that, yeah. that is, that's a huge part of this industry, even though it gets complicated, but even though um, CBD or, or hemp uh, that has less than 0.3% THC has been descheduled, it is no longer a drug. There is still this gray area right now where the FDA has not officially approved CBD for use in food, beverage, and supplements, uh, which is something that I think most people in the country don't know. They assume because these products are out there that the FDA is actually managing this. Uh, at this point, they're not. Um, and that leaves room for, uh, you know, a, a lot of bad actors, frankly. Um, and that's kind of our educational challenge is to let people know that, hey, in this sort of noise that you're hearing out there about CBD and all the things that it may or may not be able to do, um, it gets confusing and not everyone's doing it the right way. So, um, you know, we don't make claims, for example, about what CBD is going to do for you in terms of um, curing a medical condition. That's that's not our place. And frankly, the research doesn't exist for that. But we will do is talk about our own standards of quality. We will talk about, you know, the studies we've done with Colorado State University to validate the fact that our product is four and a half times more bioavailable than uh, a fat soluble product. Um, these are things that we do, building up a robust quality and food safety program. Um, but yeah, it's challenging. I mean, there's some states like New York um, that for a little while there was uh, had laws that said that um, any product that was going to be sold in New York had to um, be sourced from hemp that was grown in New York. You know, this is not the things you face in a mature market. It looks like they've rolled that back. But yep, state by state legislation is a real thing. I'm sure it's been a fun headache <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> For sure. I, it, it is a, uh, you know, once in a generation opportunity to have uh, a new market, a new functional food ingredient come along that's as big as this, and especially one that's kind of existed in an area of illegality um, and then moved into a gray market and is now finally at the, the early stages of, of, of national, national legislation. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, for sure. So let's take a second to talk about, I guess, the benefits of, of Caliper CBD. Who would you... Um, I guess, describe as your perfect customer, someone who would get the most out of, out of this product? Sure. One thing that I like to say is we've tried to position Caliper more as an everyday um, functional additive to your life uh, than a sort of really specialized natural wellness product. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the audience is really broad. Um, we're not trying to tell you that this is going to be the product to solve ailment X. It's to make your day a little bit 
better. Um, I guess the idea is if you are looking for CBD, if you find Caliper, what you know is that if Caliper works for you one day, it's going to work for you exactly the same way the next day. And that level of consistency is what's most important to us. Um, so anybody, frankly, who is interested in CBD, this is a great product to explore. As far as just um, the benefits of how you would take it versus, let's say, the most popular format that's out there right now, a tincture, we've got a lot of advantages. It's um, perfectly dosed in a packet. So you know what you get every time. It's a dissolvable powder that is basically tasteless, so you can put it in anything. So uh, let's say you're going out on the slopes um, and you want to bring some CBD with you. Uh, you know, carrying around a, a, a bottle of oil is not nearly as practical as, let's say, pouring some caliper into your camelback. Um, same thing if, you know, you're after a recovery from a gym. Trying to put oil into your protein shake is not particularly appetizing, but everybody is familiar with putting a dissolvable tasteless powder uh, in like that. Um, so the audience is broad. I, I think of it as, um, we, we, you know, we didn't position the brand for, um, it's not a millennial pink trendy brand. This is a, a brand for everybody who's on their feet every day, um, everybody who's a hard worker and just has those little aches and pains that CBD may help. Interesting. And, and I assume you guys are doing a decent amount of research to sort of figure out all the things that CBD can help with. You know, it's an interesting thing. There are a lot of people out there doing their research, um, but it's very early days in terms of making very, very strong claims. The things, the early indications that we have on CBD, and when I say we, I mean the community as, as a whole, um, is that it, it does have anti-inflammatory properties. Okay, that's probably the biggest. You're going to hear lots of people who talk about how it gives them a better night's sleep. You're going to hear people talk about how it helps with aches and pains, and you're going to hear some sort of broader claims. I know the reasons I take it for every day. Um, it, it helps me a little bit with sort of the stresses of daily life, um, and it helps me sleep better. Um, but everybody's endocannabinoid system is a little bit different, um, and I think it's, it's kind of early days until there are more clinical trials done to talk about all the really specific ailments that CBD is going to attack. For sure. How long do you think until we'll have more concrete science behind how CBD helps? I think it's coming. I think the biggest thing has been this descheduling uh, of hemp, which is allowing people to work with it. Um, and obviously, there's a massive interest, whether you're talking about that from the food industry or the medical community. Um, so those studies are starting to be done. Um, and that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely intrigued to see what happens over time. Now, over the course of this journey, did you ever have any mentors that helped you start and grow the business? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't say that I've got one particular mentor who's been my guiding light. But as we talked about earlier, you know, you look at the beginning of the business when my co-founder and I did not have this expertise in manufacturing and food. Our early advisors, you know, all came from that world as we've grown and we face different challenges. We've brought on new advisors and new board members to help us with that. Um, at this point, I'm also really inspired by our employees every day um, running two food manufacturing operations. Me and we have a lot of really specialized skill sets, uh, um, and I am constantly learning from the people that I work with, whether they're people with expertise on maintaining equipment or whether they're people with expertise on launching products with e-commerce um, that I didn't know before. 
For sure. So like, I, the, you've got two parts of the business. Um, the B2C side is, is relatively new, but I guess what I want to ask is, um, what does the growth look like from day one to when you started in 2014 to today? Um, and were there any real pivotal moments um, for Caliper? Yeah, you bet. So, I, you know, from 2014 today, um, obviously I talked about the origins in, in the THC business. Um, as far as a pivotal moment, um, when we launched that first product, Stillwater Tea, um, you know, we had very high expectations for this concept, the low dulse, micro dulse um, tea product that was going to be sold in dispensaries. And I think what we learned fairly quickly was as much as we developed some really hardcore fans initially, people aren't buying their tea at dispensaries. That's not where they go. They go to Whole Foods. Um, they go elsewhere. Right. Good and point. so we had to um, pivot isn't necessarily that right word, but we had to take a step back and, and were able to um, quickly introduce this new product, the Ripple, which was that dissolvable powder that's now Caliper CBD on this side, um, which was you know initially just meant to be an ingredient um, in another product. And that's gone on to be this, you know, this massive success here. Um, but that wasn't what we started the business to do. Um, so, you know, it was a real interesting moment of sort of, hey, we developed a great piece of technology and it was that technology and ultimately an ingredient that came out of that, that became sort of the core and foundation for our business. Um, as far as sort of the growth trajectory, um, you know, the THC side, Stillwater grew to be one of the larger, uh, you know, edible companies in Colorado. Um, and the way that sort of Caliper came about, you know, our interest in CBD was people started coming to us who wanted to launch, let's say, a CBD beverage, and they had tried our Ripple product that was maybe high CBD and used it um, for benchtop formulations and said, hey, um, is this something that you could do for me in a CBD-only format? And we said, well, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Of course we can do that. So that led to Caliper, which is now you know, the larger side of the company, both in terms of employees um, and in terms of business. That's so interesting. So over, over the years, what would you say has been the hardest part um, about starting and building Caliper. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> that changes all the time. I, I, I think you talked about regulation before, and that's, that's certainly something. Um, I think it's just about setting expectations for ourselves and for our employees about uh, what's coming and what's next, right? There's a lot of starting and a lot of starting and stopping. Um, You've got this situation right now with the FDA where we're, everyone's rating for clarity, right? So we're talking to some of the larger CPG companies uh, in the country that are interested in working with CBD. Maybe they've done R&D with us, but, you know, they're waiting for more regulatory certainty. Um, so it's sort of managing this, this expectation and this push-pull of this massive market opportunity um, with obvious headwinds that sort of change and, and come and go as uh, this market opens up. For sure. Now, what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made up to this point? Hmm. Well, one thing I, you know, it's part of our, I guess, our company ethos. But when we think about mistakes, um, we like to think about them as learnings. Uh, nobody likes to to fail. Nobody likes to sort of live in that moment of being wrong. But the truth is, you're never going to get to being right uh, without being wrong. Um, and so, you know, our our whole thing is just as long as we're learning. Don't repeat the same thing again. Um, and I look at that most importantly in terms of product development. 
I mean, what um, that dissolvable powder started off with compared to what it is today has been such a long journey um, of just constant improvements. Um, and so product development is sort of perfect example. We, we launch a new product. Maybe we realize that there was something we didn't like away about that way that that process went. And, uh, we, you know, next time we do it, hopefully we don't repeat it. We were very excited to launch, um, you know, a gummy flavor. Uh, and we went through the whole, you know, the, the whole life cycle of development. We thought we had our flavor and, and sort of, we didn't do things in the proper order. So that when we finally got down to putting cannabinoids in and mixing with this flavor, we said, you know, this doesn't taste very good. Well, we learned something from that about the order of our process development and, and the way we'll work in the future. That's interesting. It's, it's always so funny where, um, sometimes you have to go like 70% of the way through the process to realize there's, it's wrong. <laughs> Or something For sure. where you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, this makes so much more sense now that we're here and this clear issue is, is presenting itself. But in the beginning, it's not as obvious. <laughs> no, no. So things that seem really straightforward um, ultimately can take you down the wrong path. And I guess, you know, that's why what we really focus on is process, not just outcomes. Um, so, you know, for something to be repeatable, for you to have learning lessons, everything has to be written down. You know, your standard operating procedures, whether we're talking about, um, you know, how you build a, a batch on, you know, uh, of something that you're making or whether we're talking about a, a sales process or whether we're talking about the way that you interact with a customer, all of that sort of needs to be documented, improved upon, revisited. Um, and that's how we try to operate as a company. I think that's really smart. And I think one of the one of the best skills that you learn starting a business is just problem solving. And I, I've yeah. noticed this myself, like after a couple of years of, of being an entrepreneur, like normal problems don't bother you as much because you're just like, okay, all right, I'll figure this out. I'm used to putting out fires or figuring this out over time, which as time goes on, you just get better and better at it. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about, um, I guess, advice. If, if, you were to run into someone that run it, wanted to start a business, whether it was um, in the food industry, outdoor space, or just a business in general, what, what piece of advice would you give them? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think the first thing is that I, I would want them to have a clear thesis about why they're starting this business. What's the market they're looking at? Um, you know, why does, why does the market need this product or service and, and what are you bringing that's differentiated and, and, and actually meets a need of this potential consumer? Um, you know, I, I talked at the beginning to you about the story about how we started this based on, on my co-founder's grandmother. Um, we had a real clear market opportunity and we had a very strong thesis about bringing, you know, a essentially food acumen into the world of cannabinoids and creating food grade products that people consumed. Um, a lot of times people look at stuff and they go, well, this is a big market. Let me just, let me just do a me too. Let me just do something that's a little bit better branded. And, and that can work and that can work for a little while, but those tend not to be businesses that are going to be around 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, you really need to find your niche. Uh, you need to find something that's special. I, I listened to your podcast, um, I think it was Gilson snowboards. Um, and that was fascinating. I mean, these guys had a technological edge, um, a right. technological idea that made things different. And, and that's exactly the kind of um, sort of entry point that I would you know, advise entrepreneurs to look for. They're not always going to be so clear cut, um, but they need to exist. Uh, that would be the first thing. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, just look for comparables. History could tell you a lot. A lot of times when people are operating, especially in new spaces, they feel like everything they're doing hasn't been done before. And I think 
when it comes to sort of the CBD space. A lot of people talk like that, like it's the CBD space. Well, the CBD space is made up of, you know, a lot of things that have existed for a long time, granted with less regulation and some differences, but, you know, growing hemp is agriculture. Um, processing hemp, you know, is, is manufacturing. Creating finished good products is CPG. So, you know, they, these things have been around for a while. It's just, um, you know, with some unique differences to maybe the regulatory environment. Sure, I think that's really, really good advice. Now, where, where do you see Caliper CBD or Caliper Foods in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? Sure. Um, so as I said, just launched recently Caliper CBD um, D2C. So in the next year, I'd like to see that grow tremendously. We also just launched our wholesale program. Um, so I'm very excited about that because there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses across the country um, that could really, you know, essentially make a lot of money off of having Caliper in their store and give their consumers something really interesting. So, you know, whether it's a bike or ski shop that wants to help people, uh, whether it's golf course, I mean, I, I can't count the number of times that I've talked to somebody that's, you know, hurt their back or their back is ailing from swinging a club. Uh, obviously, there's going to be these, you know, CBD stores, boutiques, coffee shops, gyms, juice bars. Um, so now those type of small businesses can order online at our website as well. Um, 10 to five to 10 years, um, you know, this is after the FDA has, has, has finished its rulemaking in terms of food and beverage, and that opens the market up, um, to, you know, to everyone being able to carry ingestible CBD. Um, now Caliper CBD is a national brand. Um, ultimately, when people think of CBD, I want them to think of Caliper. Um, by that point, we will have added other products that leverage off of our water soluble technology. Um, and hopefully people are going to be taking caliper CBD across the country, like a vitamin or a probiotic as part of their daily wellness routine. Um, sort of the last thing that I'd envision is because of this other side of our business, the, um, uh, ingredients business that, um, lots of other brands, large CPG companies have their own CBD products and are proud to put made with caliper CBD on the label. For sure. Okay. So I, I have a follow-up question to that. Uh, clearly with um, CBD, like you said earlier, there really is a very broad uh, audience of people that would benefit from using caliper CBD. How do you, who do you focus on first? Because um, like you said before, having sort of a niche is very important. And when you're doing your marketing and trying to figure out like long-term planning, who, who are you focusing on first? Or is it kind of like, hmm, let's focus on everyone? No, that, that's a very fair question. Obviously, from sort of a, a, a marketing strategy, have to have some theories about, about who are the best people to, to target. And um, when you look at sort of the boomer generation, they're not generally the people that, that find products or things like CBD first, but they're maybe the group that could benefit from it the most. Um, and so we kind of look things at, at pairs. Um, people um, tend to, or uh, a recommendation from a family member or a friend is what is going to get people to try something that is so kind of new and unique as CBD, right? Especially with the years of sort of stigma around cannabinoids. Um, so we're targeting sort of mothers and daughters, um, you know, looking at, 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 uh, you know, women in their thirties and, and their parents as sort of a pair, um, that we're going after. Interesting. Um, okay. So what's the best part about running Caliper foods? Wow. There's been a lot. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, knowing that we're making something that, um, really 
adds to some people's lives. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go through the, the, all the emails that we get or things like that, but there are definitely people who are having noticeable improvement in their daily wellness um, by taking Caliper CBD. Uh, that is one. Uh, the other thing is just working for a company that is um, – or running a company that I think is doing things the right way. Um, you know, we, we all have a lot of pride here in what we've created and the way that we're going about doing it. Um, really proud of our quality and food safety, really, really proud of the way that we communicate with customers, I think in a really honest and transparent way. Um, so I think those two things are, are just what make me happy. And I, I can't say that every other place that I've either helped run or worked at, you know, I, I got these level of feelings. For sure, I can just hear it in, in the sound of your voice of how excited you you are to be a part of of Caliper. Now, um, Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and share the story of Caliper Foods. And uh, I'm definitely someone who is excited to see all the progress with Caliper specifically, and then also CBD um, with all the studies that come out and see really how much it can really benefit um, everyone in you know all aspects of their lives and. Um, thanks again, Jeremy, for, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. It was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.